Welcome back to Two Nobodies, everyone. Pesh is here again. Pleasure to be with you guys all and just looking forward to our next conversation. You know, in our podcast from time to time, we've had conversations about health, the environment, all kinds of different things. This one, this is going to be an interesting one. This is something I, I have no touch point on. I've never learned about this field and just really excited to have our next guest, Tom Palladino. Tom Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Two Nobodies. Excited for the conversation about this field of research and all the work that you do and just getting to know you as a person. Okay. Likewise, Rupesh. Thank you for the invitation. You bet. Uh, so I want to get into this field of research, your scalar energy research, but I want to understand a little bit more about you as a person and how you even how do you even get into this field uh, and what what's that path look like? Do you have like a health background? What does that all look like for you? Now, th this is the path less traveled. I research with scalar energy, what some people call Tesla energy or zero point energy. And before we get into the discussion, it's a new and emerging technology. And this is not electricity. Hmm. There's two energies in the universe and you you will not not that I know of, find any college textbook that addresses scalar energy in a serious and consummate fashion. So it's new. It's groundbreaking. Mm. Yeah. How did I get into this? I was inspired by Tesla in this world, Nikola mm. Tesla, and I've been inspired by God. Mm. And so, so <laughs> that's. Uh, so, but did, was there something that you did before this research? Like what was your, was there a profession that you were, you were taking on and then what sort of, what was that shift? What happened there? Well, my entire life, ever since I was 10, 11 years of age, I always wanted to walk in the footsteps of Tesla and yeah. recreate some of Tesla's experiments, his yeah. work. So that's always been the center point. That's always been the motivating force. What have I done? Well, I've been in sales. Mm. I, I've, I've been in a marketing. Um, I've owned a few businesses in the past. So I had to pay the bills and yeah. in between, so to speak. So my, my point is this, on account of the fact that this is a new and emerging science, there's no commerce wrapped around. No. This. Mm. There, this is, uh, again, a unique approach that I have. I'm trying to introduce this to mankind. Yeah, It's slow going. You know, I'm sure the, the, the person that had the first iPhone or the first computer, I'm sure that was slow going for them. Well, it's slow going for me. It takes time to build up that momentum. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, I'm a regular guy. I'm a nine to five guy who, who's had to work throughout his life. Now I can, yeah. now at this stage of my life, I can devote myself almost entirely to scalar energy research. And now I'm making a lot of progress. Yeah, that's amazing. What is it about Nikola Tesla that fascinated you? Just a super genius. Yeah. His gift from God. He, he could envision, he could actually have an intellectual vision and see an invention. Many times in, in his words, Tesla said he would never have to visit the laboratory. Mm -hmm. He could actually have this 
what I would consider divine inspiration. He would see an invention in his mind and he would simply engineer it. That's just unheard of. That is unheard of. Yeah. I, I, I don't know much about him. And so it's, it's fascinating to, to know someone who really has followed him and has used him as an inspiration. Um, do you own a Tesla? This is as a, as a funny I, side I, point. I do not. I do not. <laughs> um, you know, sadly, with with the with the crunch in cars right now, that you yeah. can't find you know, computer trips. Um, I, I I predict that the Tesla will will really become popular in the next twelve months because there there are no computer trips. I was just at an automobile dealership having my oil change. Yeah, everybody there lamented that they can't get in new cars. So. My, what is my point? Well, it's not about computer chips. It's about how technology has to evolve. We yeah. have to start making progress. And and if we're simply going to have a combustion engine for the next 200, 300 years, that's just not going to cut it. No, for sure not. Yeah. it's it's. Uh, I, I wonder what Nikola Tesla would say about um, you know how things have progressed, but certainly that particular company and whether he would have wanted his name attached to it, and I, I would imagine so. I mean, uh, just the innovative things that that company is doing, um, and the vision that um, Elon Musk has had on that, and as other explorations, yeah. um, I would imagine he would have been impressed by that. Any any progress, I I applaud. Any step yeah. in the right direction. So we have to give Elon Musk credit. I, mean, I don't agree with his philosophy in life, but mm. at least his um, his 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 um, car is changing the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scalar energy itself. I mean, I I studied, like you said, it's not in any conventional textbooks. I mean, I uh, studied physics in my undergrad and. And uh, part of my background was a kinesiologist, so I studied biomechanics. I mean, just never heard of this field, but that doesn't necessarily mean that obviously it doesn't exist. Um, why is that? Like, what is what is the what are conventional physicists and mathematicians saying about this this field? What's so difficult about scalar energy? It's nobody can measure it. And okay. frankly, I think it can never be measured. I think it's an mm. infinite energy. I think mm. it's consciousness. I think it's the intelligence of the universe. Now, if you look at um, electricity, it's you can measure it by by volts. Right. There, there you know, by you can measure the this the, the uh, hertz, the frequency. Hmm. But with scalar energy, it's everywhere, so it's an infinite value. How can you measure something that's an infinite value? Hmm. You can't. You can you can observe the cause and effect relationship. Anyway. To make a long story short, scalar energy is invisible. I don't believe it can be measured. No gauge has ever been developed to measure it. And so this this puts the scientific community at a disadvantage because then it just is a theoretical construct. If you can't measure it, if there's no way to, to actually observe it, you can't, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it cannot be observed in and of itself. That's the disadvantage. You mentioned you mentioned consciousness, and another another set of terms comes to mind, and I wonder how it differs. Is um, quantum healing? Like I know, I think Deepak Chopra um, may have been one of the original proponents or uh, people talking about this, and he talks about how consciousness can alter, you know, your body state. Is is there any sort of relationship between scalar energy and, and the work that you do in quantum healing, or is it a completely different field? It's identical. 
It's a okay. demo. You know, many people say that they have healing hands. If you ever right. think of that, well, what does that mean? What do you mean you have healing hands? Why does a hand heal you? Well, it's not the hand. It's the energy from the hand that's emanating. Mm. And, you know, even great healers like Jesus would place his hand upon you. Right. What's the point? It's the healing of the energy. It's the light. It's scalar light. It's scalar energy that heals. So, yes, many people speak of quantum healing. They're absolutely right. It's non-physical consciousness. Mm. And this is what we really have to now grab and understand. We're not working with the movement of electrons, electricity. There's no magnetic lines of force. This is a different energy. And it requires a different philosophy, a different understanding of nature. So I'm, I'm going to lay the ground rules here. There's, there's two dimensions. There's two realities. Mm. mean that there's two realities mm. and the world we see and we recognize by and large is the newtonian physics the electromagnetic paradigm right there's another model there's another paradigm there's another reality which is scalar energy in which you'll experience anti-gravity scalar energy in which you can transcend time and space scalar energy in which you can tap into consciousness it's the superior paradigm. You know, if everybody lived in a, in a scalar energy paradigm, it would be perfection. Now, is it, is it, so I think of when, again, going back to the consciousness piece, and I don't know anything about this, but I wonder, like, and you say it's a different field, so maybe you can't, but uh, like things like EEG, I don't know if you know what EEG yeah. is, like how they measure the waves off the brain. Like, is, is there, so is it just a matter of like, that one day we will have some sort of technology that will be able to measure this, or is that just not even possible at all? Well, I, maybe we will have some type of technology that will measure scalar energy in local settings, such as EEG. For instance, when when we're looking at uh, the biorhythms of the body, mm -hmm. those are electromagnetic markers, and that's mm -hmm. fine. That's very real. But what I'm saying is... The initial energy of the universe is scalar energy, whereas electricity and magnetism are derivative. So mm -hmm. when we have these markers, these which which are essentially electromagnetic in character, that's the derivative. That's the secondary energy of the universe. Yeah. So there's a prime mover, which is scalar energy. So what am I getting at? All, the stars, the sun produce this primal force. There's only one primary energy, scalar energy. Electricity and magnetism are a subset or a derivative of scalar energy. And that's been proven by many researchers, myself included. Mm. So right now, in the world we live in, where we recognize electromagnetic energy, we're dealing with the secondary energy. We're dealing with the derivative, the offshoot. The primary energy is scalar energy. Now, to speak to your point, I think brain waves brain waves and even heartbeat are all governed by scalar energy okay i believe our the fact that we can think we're creative and that we have this process of deduction we're, we're illuminated the fact that our heart beats where is that information coming from hmm. think about that everybody yeah. has an incredible mind everybody has compassion a heart emotions where does all of that come from it comes from god and god imparts that by light so scalar light allows us to think, to deduce. 
Skin or light is responsible for our heartbeat, our circadian rhythm. So you're almost describing this as like almost like an instructive kind of energy. And so am I, I guess, instead of focusing on this secondary energy, why not focus on this sort of, I guess, this primary energy that's more instructive? Is is that sort of the the better way of focusing on things then in your mind? Very good. So Tessa saw that in his career. And I, I agree with you. So I'm going to give you Tessa's example. Tessa started with AC electricity. Hmm. But later in his life, he abandoned AC electricity. He was no longer inventing with electricity. If you look at his notes, read his notes, and understand his actions, the latter part of his life, he was working almost exclusively with zero-point energy or scalar energy. Now, why would he do that? Because he realized that he found the superior energy, which was scalar energy. Hmm. He realized that it was free energy. See, later in his life, he built a tower in Long Island, New York. And that tower, he called it Wardenclyffe. And that tower was capturing scalar energy, star energy. And he was about to pronounce to the world that this tower could could send out uh, information or energy throughout the world from the stars. So he... Tessa had a free energy tower in Long Island, New York. Hmm. And that's from that point forward, he was suppressed. From that point forward, his reputation was besmirched. His, his work was denigrated because the powers that be did not want a free energy model. I want to pick up on something else you said, which is this sort of divine force. So I, I, I sense there is, um, yeah, a, a, maybe a religious element to yeah. this. Um, but I, I want to pick up on this, that plus you're saying that this primary force is instructive. Mm-hmm. My dad was somebody who really thought about the world as very, uh, or how the universe works is very predetermined and that there's this kind of, again, uh, the, I guess he didn't frame in the same way, but that something is guiding this at a, at an atomic molecular level. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that that's what you're saying, but I want to maybe see if there's any sort of relationship there um, in that. Do you, do you believe that there's everything is predetermined um, and, and, and just picking up on how you describe the scalar energy is instructive. Um, everybody has free will. So that's not predetermined. God gives yes. everybody free will. It's our um, ability to make a decision. We, everybody has that decision. Um, next, is the universe governed by laws? Yes. And what are those laws? They're scalar energy laws. From what I've discovered, yeah. scalar energy is the prime mover in the universe. It's the initial energy of the sun and the stars. Various researchers, myself included, believe that all light, all information, all light, all energy originates from the center of the sun or the center of stars. And the reason why that energy is, is all encompassing and infinite and unlimited is because it has to be scalar energy. In other words, scalar energy initiates everything. And the center point is the star, the very center of a star. So if you look at the universe and you say to yourself, what gives rise to, to the universe? What is it that allows us to to have order out of chaos? It has to be the light. Light energy is the first principle. It's it's 
It's the cause. Hmm. Well, what's the cause of light? It has to be God. God said, be light made. So what am I getting at? If we can control scalar energy, this is the tool. This is the uh, paintbrush of God. Hmm. Scalar energy is the first principle. It's a direct manifestation from God. What do... What are other, I guess, um, because is there, a, I guess, a, a Christian perspective to this? Or, like, are there other religions that would, would weigh in differently on this? Or do you think they uh, would approach this in a similar way? Scalar energy is going to unify the world. Hmm. What a Christian might call um, the presence of the Holy Spirit, another society, another uh, philosophical viewpoint might be prana, chi, om. Hmm. Hmm. Zero point energy. Um, some some societies, some groups might call that orgone energy. Others might just call that life force. Well, when all of these religions and philosophies and, and various ethnic groups realize that there's one animating force from God, it will it will unite mankind. Mm-hmm. We will see no, no matter how we describe this, no matter what nomenclature we use it's all god's light yeah how do you uh, is there any form of therapy with this with with scalar like how do you use this to somebody's benefit how does it help somebody and how does it heal someone no that's that's been my focus in the past 20 years and eventually i'm going to branch out from that um I've developed a process with scalar energy instruments. And again, I'm not working with electricity. These are unique instruments in which Mm. I can actually work with a person's photograph with an instrument. This is my photograph. I would actually place this photograph inside a scalar energy instrument. Now, the instrument works through information. Okay, It's the intelligence of the universe. So the intelligence of the universe is found on my force field or on my light code, my light signature. So my photograph contains a scalar energy signature. It's not electrical. And I can send energy into that force field and I can improve my health, my quantum health. Now, what am I saying? This is non-physical. It's an information system. I don't work with people. I work with photographs of people. So I'm not accessing the electromagnetic dimension. Mm. I am accessing a person's quantum dimension on a photograph. So per se, this is not medical science. This is not Western science. This is not Newtonian physics. This is the new science that we have to come to grips with, in which my photograph represents a holographic universe. I am incorporated onto my photograph. So there's two Toms, my flesh and blood, Mm. my quantum Tom. And this photograph is the exact identical quantum copy of me. So I don't work with myself. I work with my quantum copy or my bilocated version. And I mean that quite literally. This photograph is my energetic copy. It's my energetic blueprint. And when I can access this energetic blueprint, I can change a disease pattern. Or I can balance the chakras by way of this photograph. So I don't work with people. I only work with force fields. So think about that, what I'm getting at. I, this is not Newtonian physics. I only work with 
a signature on a photograph? Hmm. That's uh, so, so many questions. <laughs> uh, the first one, so I think he answered it, which is why wouldn't you do this in person? But am I, I, my understanding from you is that you don't want that electromagnetic force to, to somehow interfere. Um, yes, okay. correct. I keep it very good. I keep this 100% scalar energy. I, to be quite blunt, I'm not a fan of electromagnetic energy. It's inefficient, it's dirty, it's, it's filled with pollution, and it's not efficient information. It's, it really is lacking. Whereas scalar energy is infinite energy, infinite intelligence, and there's no pollution, there's no harm to it. I am no fan of electricity. There are deleterious side effects with electricity. Scalar energy has no negative consequence. Okay, this is uh, this is interesting. This is interesting stuff. This is yeah. That, this is deep stuff, and, and I'm going to ask the audience to think of two paradigms. Again, I'm not working with the orange, which is which is electricity. I'm working with the apple scalar energy. The orange is not the apple. Mm -hmm. So there's two realities. I mean that. As a physical human being, I am, if you will, within this Newtonian concept, I'm an electromagnetic being. Mm. I'm saying that there's two realities. Right. I'm saying that I, at least I have identified the scalar energy component, my scalar energy composition on a photograph. So I would much rather work with a scalar energy environment than an electromagnetic environment. Now, that photo, how much does it matter in terms of, you know, if it's, does it have to be a true unedited photo? Like, uh, what does that have to look like? And does that change the quantum field around somebody? Yeah, that's very good. Um, it should be a, a photograph of some part of your skin. It could preferably okay. your face. As long as it's a true photograph and it hasn't been airbrushed to the right. point of no longer having a light signature. If this photograph has not been airbrushed and this photograph has my light signature, if, if my fingerprint is, fingerprint is unique, so is my light code or light, my light signature. So to answer your question, as long as the photograph has not been airbrushed, it's valid. Next, the photograph always reports at the present moment. Now, this is where it's going to be somewhat counterintuitive. This photograph is three years old, perhaps, mm -hmm. but it still reports exactly the present moment. Now, how could something that's three years old be in the present moment only by a way of a holographic universe? So uh, I am now in the present age. This photograph is taken three years ago, but mm -hmm. this photograph presents and shows me in this current state in the present mode. Meaning what? In a scalar energy environment, there is no time. There's only one time, the present moment. Hmm. Okay. So regardless of the age of the photograph, the photograph always reports in the present moment. Now, that's not Newtonian physics. That's scalar energy physics. Okay, what, what is a holographic universe? Uh, I use that term to describe what begins with God, ends with God. In other words, okay. scalar energy is omnipresent. Okay. So if scalar energy is omnipresent and it connects everything, then there really cannot be one point. 
and another point and multiple points. Rather, everything's already interconnected. So if, if this is a holographic universe, and mm -hmm. I say it is, by virtue of that fact, you and I are interconnected. There's no distance between mm. us. Mm. By an electromagnetic paradigm, there's a distance between us. That's why we need our two computers to, to talk to one another. Right. If these were scalar energy computers, you and I would be in the same room. There would be no distance. Mm. So a holographic universe connects, concatenates. Everything is interconnected. Right. So if everything is interconnected, everything is one. Hmm. Everything is one. That's a Christian might call that the mystical body of Christ. Hmm. Scientists call that quantum entanglement in which two objects can report, can communicate with one another instantaneously. Hmm. Regardless of the distance, it's been shown that two objects can report, can communicate with one another instantaneously. Why? It's a scalar energy instantaneous communication can can because the way you described it electromagnetic energy if, if we're all working with that can it can that can can that um change the scalar energy can can people work with the electromagnetic side of things to to change the scalar energy um what I've experienced, the two are distinct. Okay. You might have an electromagnetic field and a scalar field. They they both can coexist, but but one will not one will not um, override the other, so to speak. There are two distinct dimensions. Yeah. Okay. Because what, what I'm thinking about is like prayer, right? And yeah. and let's say you had whether it be one person praying or a huge gathering of prayer. Mm -hmm. Is there I would imagine that that would be on the electromagnetic side of things. No, no, no. Okay. I believe, let me, I don't mean to be rude. I believe prayer is that very quintessence. That's why prayer is so effective. That's mm -hmm. why positive thinking is so effective. Mm -hmm. Scalar energy. Okay. Now consider the fact that thought, thought or prayer moves throughout the universe instantaneously yeah. Yeah. and prayer and thought, it can never be on it's it's unlimited and it can never die off so to speak so you have to describe all action by either two events scalar or electromagnetic yeah so thought and prayer never dies mm. transcends time and space mm. it's sublime it's got to be scalar yeah so you've heard of like the law of attraction yes it's true okay and so so couple what you're talking about with scalar energy and the law of attraction what's the relationship there then it's identical that's it okay what is the animating force of the law of attraction scalar energy when you project when you think of an environment or when you wish for something or pray upon something mm -hmm. this is what you're attracting this is what you're asking for so your thoughts eventually become physical reality your thoughts become physical reality. This is why you have to pray a good deal, why you have to associate with the right people, because those people have your best intentions mm -hmm. at heart. You have to be positive. Okay, It doesn't mean you live in a world of fantasy. What works, works. What doesn't work, doesn't work. But that law of attraction is a great example of scalar energy in action, in which thought, in which the direction, in which the instruction leads to the result. Mm -hmm. Tom, I know you've done a lot of interviews with people 
are do is a reaction of those hosts similar to mine where it's just sometimes hard to find words because I sound like a bumbling idiot, I feel like. But you're not. You're not. You're, you're a genius. And everybody listening to this show is a genius. And here's here's the only impediment. We just don't realize that there's two realities. Hmm. Once people realize that there's something more than electromagnetic energy, then we're going to finally say, aha, now I understand. I'll give you an example. Some people call it intuition or clairvoyance, or I've got a hunch about something. Mm. How do people know of a future event? It's by scalar intelligence, because scalar energy is in every time setting. And if you're prophetic or you know that you can predict the outcome, how do you know that? How's that possible? Mm. The scalar energy is coming to you. These instructions are coming to you. You know, I've, I've spoken to some people, they have a hunch about a person. They like a person, their personality, or another person they just don't feel comfortable about. Well, that's scalar energy telling you the difference between a good person and a questionable person or an evil person. How is it? I use this example frequently. Mozart apparently could write composition at age five. Okay, I could not write a, a composition, a musical composition at age five. I could do other things, but I, I did not have that scalar right. gift. Right. Why was Mozart composing at age five? He had a scalar gift from God. Hmm. You've heard of some savants who can solve mathematical problems in their head without a calculator. I cannot do that. Hmm. That's not my gift. Right. How do you do that? You know, I would need a calculator. They have a gift from God. So what's the point here? Everybody has some type of genius. Everybody is a genius. And once we realize that the intelligence, the instructions behind all thought, all creativity is scalar energy, then eventually we're going to start living and, and working more closely with the scalar energy spectrum. How do you, how do you I, say, I say get away from electromagnetic yeah. energy as fast as we can. How do you use this to uncover that gift? You know, when I'm working with people, these the instruments that I'm working with are very strong. And many people say that their, their dream state is enhanced, meaning that we're, we have such a profound influence upon their brain waves that they're finally getting proper sleep and maybe the proper instructions that they need to be a happy person, a productive person. Okay. Yeah. So I, fr I frequently consider this analogy. If you have to jumpstart your car, you have a dead battery. Mm -hmm. I, I believe a scalar energy instrument over the course of time can jumpstart your brain, can jumpstart your seven chakras. I think some people just get in a in a rut, or they they just need a jumpstart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you feel like needs to happen from a, as a researcher? Like, what needs to happen for um, not only this is obviously raising a lot of awareness, but what needs to happen for this field to advance and, and develop, I guess? Awareness yeah. and acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred years ago, if you would have told somebody that, that this device could, could contact somebody in Europe and, mm -hmm. and you could speak to somebody a thousand, two thousand miles away, that'd be difficult. As, as long as we can show that this is tenable, that this research is valid and that there are benefits, benefits, Many people benefit from our quantum sessions and then they tell their friends. And that's what it's going to boil down to. It's a grassroots movement. See, I, I don't 
I don't have big money behind me. Mm -hmm. I, I just, there's no way I can advertise. Mm -hmm. I don't have that type of money. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I, I approach people. I say, try this. It works. Our quantum healing works. And they say, what do you mean by a photograph? So I explain the process. Mm -hmm. And by word of mouth, it gets out. So my point is this. It's all going to boil down to people. Every movement boils down to people. When you have a grassroots movement and enough people see that and see the merit of anything, it will be successful. You know, a hundred years ago, there wasn't a computer. There was a grassroots movement. People educated themselves. People see the benefit of computers and now they're indispensable. Yeah. There's, I mean, there, and again, I don't know if this is operating in, on the electromagnetic side as you've described it, but like, I think there's more acceptance towards like energy kind of healing, right? I mean, you see like acupuncture is supposed to, uh, you know, um, absolve stagnant chi, for example, or, or Reiki, for instance, uh, through healing hands and, and that non-physical contact. And I, I don't know, I don't know the basis behind that. If that's through, if people are describing that as a, as you're, um, working with scalar energy, if you're working on the electromagnetic side, but there seems yeah. to be an interest in this. And there is, and there should be. And and people have seen that acupuncture, acupressure does work. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the point? Well, many of those practitioners are really working with chi mm -hmm. or scalar energy. And there are certain meridians or, or certain points in the body that will respond to that type of energy. Mm -hmm. So it's instructional. I've always said we have seven chakras we do in alignment. Those chakras spin because scaled energy is a spinning wave. And it's it, if we really look at what empowers the seven chakras, it's there's seven scalar energy processing points. Yeah. And so so now you described a little bit of the process, but someone sends in your fo in a photo to you. What's the what are the steps for you on your end? Yeah, so I'll use this as an example. I actually take the photograph and I place it in an instrument. Okay. Now, there are three processes, and I'll explain this. When I want to target, say, a microbe, a germ, I actually take a photograph of the germ and I place it right next to the quantum field. Okay. So this is a photograph of the herpes virus yep. that I place right next to my photograph. So these are two information fields. My photograph is sharing information with the herpes virus. If my quantum field, if I have the herpes virus, the herpes virus energy would enter into my quantum field and herpes would be eradicated, destroyed. Mm. So I actually match up the quantum signature, a photograph of a microbe, to the quantum signature of a photograph, a person, and by sending that information, I can destroy the herpes virus. I can eradicate it. Now, I can prove that in my laboratory by way of my instrument with this type of photograph. I cannot prove that with people. So ultimately, people will share a testimony and they'll tell me, well, after you treated me, I don't have any more outbreaks of the herpes virus. Mm. And I actually have a viral load test and I, I show that there's no longer herpes in my body. So consider if this is the apple, scalar energy, yeah. I cannot prove or disprove the orange, which is electromagnetic activity and electromagnetic outcome. 
So there's two realities here. I can prove my work with the photograph. I cannot prove my work with people because I don't work on people. Right. But I will say this. After I work on the photograph, people have a similar benefit, if not identical. Do you try to follow up and, and see if they like can provide you with some of their you know, their results or? Yeah, I do. On our website, we have 2,000 test results and or testimonies, yeah. but we leave it up to the people. Yeah. So now this is this is the real consideration as to whether this will ever be valid. Mm. We're going to have to prove that a photograph contains scalar energy, has some type of signature, mm. and it can actually influence a biological person. I think it can. Can I prove that? No. Mm. I can't prove that. Now, keep in mind this new science. There's so much we need to do. Yeah. In my laboratory, I can prove and I can work with a photograph and I can prove everything in my laboratory. But keep in mind, people are a thousand miles, 5,000 miles from my laboratory. I don't know how they feel. The light signature, I, I, I want to understand that a little bit more. So is that something that um, is that consistent from birth all the way till when you die? Yes, very good. Yeah, everybody whether it's your fingerprint or your scalar light signature, it stays with you for life. Actually, your scalar light signature stays with you for eternity because everybody's unique. In other words, if I, if I, somebody sent me photographs, say of a collage like that, yep. okay, the instrument would pick out each quantum person mm. and send the quantum field, send that person scalar energy distinct of the other. Mm. Meaning what? Well, today in my laboratory, I had I have photographs from around the world. I work with half a million people. So the instrument, scalar intelligence, recognizes half a million people and will send energy to those half a million people in the quantum field. Hmm. Now, this, I imagine this is something that you can't do on your own because if you're saying that, um, like, you get the picture of somebody else you don't want to be in their presence because there's that interaction between those two, um, between the electromagnetic uh, field there. You probably couldn't do this on yourself then. Um, you know, I, I've, when I work with the instrument, my, my hand or my body is close to the instrument. Right. And I do, I do believe it has an immediate effect upon okay. me. So it does, a, has the instrument worked directly for me? Yes. Mm. Can I say that about everybody else? No, I have to be scientific about sure. this. You know, one, one example doesn't prove yeah. the, the case for the role. Why do I work with photographs? It's clean. It's easy. You transcend time and space. And I could work with half a million people, and I am. Today, I work with half a million people by way of a collage. Mm. We have uh, uh, Christian missionaries and social activists mm. that send us photographs from people around the world or collages. Sometimes we will receive a collage of a thousand people. Say so we miniaturize the yeah. photograph. Yeah. Meaning what? Well, this is the easy way of quantum healing. You know, I, I don't want to travel to India and Pakistan every day. Mm. I have nothing against that, yeah. but I receive photographs from India and Pakistan on a frequent basis. Right. Okay. So in order to keep my overhead low, so to speak, and in order to be able to do this efficiently and, and to, to enter into this new science, 
we're, we're transcending, we're getting away from the brick and mortar. The brick and mortar is fine, but it's an impediment. If we could work with people around the world by a photograph, that's simple. Mm -hmm. Okay, Let's remove all the impediments, all the obstacles. One of my goals is, Rupesh, is to treat a billion people a year by way of their photograph. Now, do they have to know? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. This is why we have so many agents. We work with so many social activists around the world. Okay. Uh, we, we've been doing this now for 13 years. And we have people from around the world sending us photographs, yeah. either single photographs or collages on, on a daily basis. Right. We, we receive so many photographs. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is that if you uh, found, like, you know, photographs are a dime a dozen, obviously, these days online, right. and you found an right. original photograph of someone, they didn't know that you... Uh, yes. we're working with them. Could you, right. could you, could anything happen in that case, I guess? Or does yeah. the photograph yeah. have to be submitted under their volition or? Yeah. We, we, we want people to, <clears throat> to upload the photographs of their volition. That's why we allow for the free trial. Right. Anybody can visit the website and send us photographs. Yeah. But, you know, to answer your question in the future, I could foresee how some people would want to take a drone over a city mm. and just photograph 10,000 people at a time hmm. well is that possible yeah sure it's possible now can this be diagnostic in any way like can you identify issues for people or is it or does somebody have to communicate that you know they have these problems and then you kind of work with it that way yeah, I, I just i have a standardized session and when i'm for instance when i'm trying to eradicate a pathogen right. i just simply match up the photograph of the pathogen to the photograph of a person yeah. so i don't diagnose per se i let the instrument diagnose okay so you might run through uh, so even if somebody doesn't tell you any issues right. with them you might run yeah. through various different pictures of different pathogens or different right. okay and then it, I have hundreds of thousands of photographs yeah. of pathogens and parasites. Yeah. On any given day, I run through, I program the instrument to look at, to scan those hundreds of thousands of photographs of viruses, bacteria, and protozoan. And if a person has that signature, has that, that pathogen in their body, their quantum body, it will be eradicated. So what am I getting at? This is easy to program. I can easily work with half a million people a day. I am doing that. And today I programmed at least already this morning, I programmed already 200,000 species of microbes mm. into those half million people. Mm. So when you're working with photographs with a scalar energy instrument, you could easily work with half a million people a day and scan them for 200, 300,000 different species of pathogens. That scalar energy instrument, what, power is that or like how does that even work yeah that's a good point um i i just use regular household current for that okay this ac current yeah. and i'm able to take a, a electromagnetic signal and convert it into scalar okay what i've discovered one of my predecessors discovered you can take uh, ac convert it into scalar or take scalar and then break it down into a uh, ac so electricity into scalar and vice versa scalar into electricity now what does that mean <clears throat> it's bi-directional so in the universe we see that scalar will sometimes degrade into electricity and in some cases you can upgrade electricity into scalar 
that in and of itself should be proof that there are two dimensions mm. because there's two energies and that it's a bi-directional relationship. I'm pausing. Because, yeah, I'm pausing because this is kind of wild, Tom. <laughs> I know it is. It's, it's quite profound. I'm going to give you a for instance. I, I contend and, and other scalar energy researchers contend that lightning, lightning always originates as a scalar wave. Now, consider this. Scalar energy is benign. It's just a download of instructions. Many times it's been reported that people have been struck by lightning. Mm -hmm. The lightning has not harmed them. It, it may have, it may have given them a surge of energy. <clears throat> it may have knocked them off their horse, but they they were not in any way uh, vaporized or, or electrocuted. Meaning what? Many people are struck by lightning. That lightning is still in its scalar waveform. Scalar energy cannot electrocute, whereas other people have been struck by lightning and they're instantly practically incinerated because the scalar energy has already degraded into electricity. And if you're hit with a million volts of electricity, you're going to die on the spot right. and be electrocuted. Right. And, and sometimes it's been shown to boil your blood. And some people actually explode after being struck by lightning. Mm -hmm. now, why, the, why are there two outcomes? Why is it that some people are struck by lightning are not, are not hurt? There's no physical harm. It's just a surge of scalar energy going through their body. It, well, it's still in the scalar energy component. But scalar energy will degrade into electricity. And others who've been struck by lightning die on the spot. Yeah. Because that, just, that scalar wave has already degraded into electricity. So if the lightning was a scalar wave, would it be visible? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, in that quantity, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime you see... Well, at least lightning in its in its early stages, that's a sign of, of scalar energy. That is so bright and it's such a powerful manifestation of scalar energy. That's a good example. That's you can see with your naked eye scalar energy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You know, consider that. You know, I don't think the audience spends too much time musing about this. I have. Why is it that there's two outcomes when people are struck by lightning? Well, there has to be two different energies. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I've heard cases of people surviving um, lightning strikes, but I think I would imagine most people assume that you're just you're gone if you're yeah. getting hit by lightning. Yeah, here's an interesting sidelight. Side, uh, uh, some people have been struck by lightning, and um, they've been cured of cancer. Hmm. And it's believed that scalar energy has that that genetic code in it, or that. Scalar energy, when it's in a strong force, can correct a, uh, the genome, can correct a mutation. So some people that are struck by lightning have been cured of cancer, meaning what? That there's scalar intelligence in a lightning strike. Yeah. You said you get lots of testimonials online. Have there been a couple that you could share that you're, you were just... Um, you know, you, it kind of set you back. It, it kind of uh, took you off your chair, for instance, that you're just, wow, this has some profound effects on people. Um, oh, thank you. Over the years, we've been working with people pro bono in Africa. We've been working with HIV AIDS clinics mm -hmm. and also HIV AIDS clinics throughout the world. 
And a particular HIV AIDS clinic in Tanzania submitted photographs to us. So we've been working with the people in Tanzania by way of their photograph. And everybody that we've worked with over the past few years now tells us, they, they report, it's their testimony that they've been cured. Mm. Not one of them has HIV, wow. not one. Now, I've never been to Tanzania. Again, I received photographs from Christian missionaries around the world. And everybody in Tanzania is telling us that they've returned to work, that they're healthy, that they've given up on their antiviral uh, medication. They don't need it. And every person has said that they feel very healthy, that they do not have any viral load for HIV. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's amazing. That's uh, I mean, it, that kind of effect is, is incredible. It's, it's, it's music to my ears now. Yeah. In my laboratory, I can detect the HIV virus on a photograph. Yeah. And I can send energy to destroy, to eradicate the HIV virus, which is an energetic signal. Everything, including a virus, has an energetic signal or an energetic fingerprint. Yeah. So I can destroy, I can eradicate the HIV virus on my photograph. But what is happening to that person in Tanzania, I don't know. Because a scalar science is not the electromagnetic science or what we consider Newtonian physics at play in Tanzania. Hmm. So if my work proves to be true, then apparently the scalar energy signature on a person's photograph is the same scalar energy signal at a distance. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope Tom, that you, that they're, that, um, like you said, not able to measure this at this moment, but... Um, I hope that there's a time and place where, uh, you know, our our physical minds can actually absorb this in a way that we're used to absorbing other kinds of information that may have been proven through our, our uh, normal means. Because um, the the benefits that you're describing obviously are, are profound, and and the reach is sounds incredible. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. One of my goals is to work with a billion people a year. Yeah by way of their photograph. And that, that is tenable. This is not some pie in the sky idea of mine. Mm. You know, I, we, every, every week, additional volunteers come on board saying, yes, we'll take photographs. We'll take photographs of an orphanage mm. or, or school, etc." So the day is coming in which we will be the global quantum healer of mankind. The day is coming that we will work with a billion people a year by way of their photograph. Yeah. What do your what do your friends and family and how do people respond to the work that you do? It's very favorable. Okay. This is grassroots all from start to finish, and people yeah. are very supportive because when people see the merit, when people can understand that this is a benefit to mankind, I have I have many friends, many friends. People are very supportive of our work, um, and I'm going to keep it grassroots. To be quite frank, I don't want to, there's many cor corrupt governments and corrupt corporations. I don't want anything to do with corruption. So mm -hmm. we're going to keep this with the people. The people will make this happen. We're a people movement. It's all yeah. grassroots. Yeah. As a researcher, and I think about, you know, I think a good scientific approach is, is trying to always prove your hypothesis wrong, right? You will never want to set your experiments up in a way that favors your hypothesis. If you're a really good scientist, you're going to try to do your your darnest to to prove yourself wrong correct how wh what's the what how would you say have you have you internalized that process and 
does that work for you as a researcher? Well, if if we can work with millions of people around the world, and we have, and many of those people report favorable results, then then there's some merit to what I'm working with. Because you, you cannot manipulate millions of people around the world. Most of these people that I work with, I, even, I don't know their name. Hmm. I've, today, I work with half a million people in my lab. I don't know their name. I have no connection to them. I have no control over, over their lives. Yeah. If they send in a favorable testimony, well, it's, it's not by my influence. Right. The testimonies on our website are a unilateral expression. Hmm. I have nothing, no influence over those testimonies. You don't screen or edit them or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this is your, if you want, if you, that's probably as close as to a double blind test as we're going to get. Okay. Because people are, are, are providing their information. I don't know who is sending me photographs. I don't know what the outcome is, but you know, I'm blind to the outcome, so to speak, but the outcome is favorable. There must've been a time though, Tom, where when you, as you're, um, as you're realizing this, that you're just like, this is like, were there ever doubts and, and and, yeah, I don't know. Was there ever a point where you're just like, this, this can't be real or, or maybe were there moments where you're just like, why am I focusing on this? Or no, I, I've I've never looked back. Okay. You know, you know when I, I when I first started working with scalar energy instruments in 1993, 1994, I saw the immediate effect upon mm-hmm. myself. For instance, I, when I first started working, I had some bacterial congestion, some type of sinus infection. It was gone. Right mm-hmm. after I worked with myself, I said, well, there's some merit here. That was in the That's 90s. Not... Yeah, in the 90s. Okay. Then I started working with family and friends. And they said, yeah, whatever you did, I don't have sinus infection anymore. Okay. So, and, you know, and here's the kit in Kabuto, as I say. When you start working with dogs and cats, yeah. and the dogs and cats feel better. Something's, that's, something's that's, there. Something's working. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, they, you can't influence a dog or cat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to give you a bit of time to talk about yeah the the um, how people can access you and and the services that you offer and then uh, and then if you're okay, I, we always ask our guests two questions and wouldn't okay. mind wrapping up in that way. But want to give you a little bit of space to to talk about um, yeah how you how you do support people and how people can access your work. Okay, f- fine. Thank you. Um, uh, I think the best way to prove this is by a free trial. And that's been our staple. So our website, scalarlight.com. Visit the website. Anybody in the world can email us a photograph. Now, all we ask is just your your butt shot from the neck up. Don't, don't take your shirt off. That's not necessary. We just need your face. And we will perform these scalar sessions, this quantum healing. It's all by way of your photograph. We, we will balance your chakras. We will eliminate microbes. And we're also able to create nutrients. It's called the standardized approach. So scalarlight.com, upload your photograph, uh, read the articles if, if you want before you send us a photograph. And you can include your family members, your pets. And then you decide if there is merit. You decide if this is, is viable quantum healing. We leave it up to the people. Again, this is all about people. Hmm. It's a grassroots movement. You decide if this is of benefit. Can you, one final question, I guess, is do the effects, are they long lasting or does somebody, um, 
would someone have to resubmit their photo or I don't know if you've had experiences of that. We, we've seen, for instance, when people come to us, say with the herpes virus or the mm -hmm. HIV virus, we can eradicate that. Mm -hmm. And it, it is longstanding as long as you don't become reinfected. If you yeah. become reinfected, yeah. then you probably have to send us your photograph again. Mm -hmm. Can I give you a blanket statement? No. And, and not, not to be condescending here, but nope. everybody's, everybody's different. Yep. So everybody has a different experience. This is why we want everybody in the world to at least once send in your photograph for a free session. Everybody's unique. You know, there's so many variables, so I, I won't even get into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Tom. And uh, this is, you know, for me, this has been brand new, and I appreciate you uh being open and creating the space for me to ask all these questions and, and i hope you didn't feel like i was in any way um very good questions attacking good. you or anything like that i genuinely was curious about it and um yeah so i appreciate that uh there are there are two questions that we always ask our guests and uh, yeah. it just kind of humanizes the conversation a bit um, the first ones are five for dinner question dead or alive who are five people you'd want to have dinner with you, I mean, I don't, I'd be curious to know if, if you'd have them together or if they'd be individual conversations, but what do you think? Yeah, I've, I've, I've often, I actually asked that question to some of my friends. That's a okay. great, you know, I have a high regard for Mother Teresa, so mm -hmm. I'd, I'd love to visit with her and have, have a meal with her. Mm -hmm. Pope John Paul, I thought mm -hmm. he was a man of, of, of a very the second? holy. Yeah, the second, yeah. Pope John Paul II. I'd, I'd love to uh, meet him and have dinner with him. Mm -hmm. And Tesla, I would have given anything to, to, sure. to meet him likewise. Hieronymus, another scalar energy inventor, would okay. love to have met him. And a few other scalar energy researchers, one by the name of Moray, Thomas Moray, uh, okay. Kozarev, a Russian uh, scientist. Viktor Grubenikov, who invented a scalar energy flying platform, an anti-gravity platform. I would have loved to have met him. Hmm. You know, all of these people... We had them in our grasp, and we should have paid a greater attention to them, or we should have mm. tried to emulate them. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're gone now. They're gone. Mm. Yeah. That's great. That's very cool. What is there a, a meal that you think would, uh, I mean, would work there? Whatever they want. I, 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 <laughs> we could have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in their conversation. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, last question. Besides the circle of life, what do you know for sure? Uh, that God exists and God loves us. Mm. That uh, if we love God, love our neighbor, love ourselves, that's the perfect world. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rather simple, Rupesh. It's, I don't know why people lose sight of that. Mm. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. That's wonderful. Tom, thank you so much again for, for joining us today. We'll put all of Tom's information in our show notes and, and his website that you can reach him at and take him up on the offer of maybe sending your photograph or, or working or exploring this, this field of research. Um, very interesting. Again, Tom, thank you so much for all your time today. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. I have great conversation. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us today and see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.